and I met with the team and I spoke to them each individually and as a group as a whole to really get that feeling of what is going on. And I realized that they weren't a team. They were just people stuck together to work together. They did not know how to work in sync with one another and how to streamline the process. Everything was just being redone because A didn't know what B was doing, B didn't know what C was doing. And I was like, what the heck is going on over here? I was like, of course, A, time management is a buster over here because they don't, they're not even managing their time. They're just doing the same things over and over again, not realizing it that something else was taken care of. Okay, great realization about time management. But then there was that communication and team collaboration piece is they weren't speaking to one another. They weren't clear with what was going on. They weren't clear with the expectations that their employer had. So they were basically going around in circles. So I had to take that step back. I worked with the employer, A, in regards to expectations that he must share with his staff. And then I worked with the staff time management. What does it mean collaboration? How can you have a collab sheet? How can you build that basic relationship piece, which is so, so, so important? I don't need you to know about every single thing about your colleagues' basics. Know what he likes, know what she likes, know what they dislike, know what they hate, know what ticks them off. Because if you know what ticks them off, you go very, very, very far. No, not to make fun of them, but you go very, very, very far. Absolutely. So actually building the team together as a team. It did, it took some time. They are like such good friends now that sometimes when I come down, I feel like I am invading their privacy when I have a meeting with them because they have all these private jokes and they just seem to understand each other. This week, Toby Goldstein joins us on the podcast to talk a little bit more about soft skills. Um, she goes through a few different stories of why soft skills um, weren't part of teams and how they helped them flourish after the fact, but then also going through some of those soft skills that we can all learn. Um, we'll jump right in. Welcome to the podcast, Toby. I am so excited that you're here today. Um, do you want to give us a quick bio and understanding of who you are, what you do, and how you got involved in your work? Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward. So quick thing, I'll make sure to keep it bite-sized. I do workshops on soft skills, bite-sized workshops, keeping it short to the point. I don't have patience. Many people don't have patience to sit through very lengthy workshops, but it's just giving the people the skills that they need. A lot of people ask me like, Toby, what's soft skills? Or like, how in the world did it get its name? So generally soft skills are people skills, interpersonal skills. So to say, think of communication, think of time management, think of collaboration. So all that would fall under the soft skill domain, so to say. Cool. How's that for bite-sized format? That, that's perfect, that's perfect. So then my next question is, how do you get your clients um, from that almost like they're in this place of just stress and not knowing what to do and almost that hell-like Place, and then how do you get them to that heaven place? What does that look like? Do you have different teachings? Um, yeah, go for it. So it all really starts with the same baseline. I always say is once you have that awareness, one, two, the willingness to work hard, because change, let's admit it, is not easy. It's a lot of hard work. So if you're willing and you have that awareness, then we could jump in and talk further. So in, in technically, it's across all baselines, it's across any industry, it's across any skill that you want to learn. If you're willing to commit and jump in, you could do it. You could yeah. learn how to ski at age 35. You can learn how to master painting at age 25 if you really want to go ahead to do it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So how do these people then get that awareness initially? What 
what are some of those key um, attributes or problems that they have initially? So a lot of times it would be burnout. That would be like, forget it, giving up. Frustration, I can't anymore. Or realizing, so to say, a lull in productivity or energy. When people are seeing that they're not succeeding you know, what they had expected themselves to succeed in, or they see that they're not moving forward. At that point, a lot of them take the step back and say either, hey, I could be doing better, or what's going on, or how can I change things? So once that comes in, that is the baseline of awareness that you do have. And that's generally at that point, they would reach out to me and say, hey, Toby, or I hear you talking so much about time management. How do you know what's going on in my life? Yeah. Are you listening in? And then it would be like, no, don't worry. This is so typical. It's okay. You're very, very normal. I promise you. And then it's, you know, taking that step in and say, okay, what can we do about it? Yeah. Like most people think is like, you know, I'm the only one who's going through this or I'm the only one who really knows what it means when teams don't get along. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's okay. I get you. I've seen it. Yes. It happens way more than what we think. Yeah. So then they obviously have that problem um, and then they come to you. What are those next steps look like? Do you talk with the team? Do you talk with the manager? What does that all look like? What does the process look like? So I actually love what I do because it is not the typical. Um, I definitely speak to the manager, to the supervisor, and then I come in to do that group coaching. I work with the employees. I work with the team exclusively. Manager out, boss out, employer out. I don't want them there because I'm here to build a relationship with the team, giving them the skills that they actually need to succeed. They don't need the skills to succeed while the boss is sitting there. I'm not going to hear the truth if the employer is sitting in and they're going to be like, oh yeah, he's really nice or he really helps me get my work done or so on and so forth. If they're having an issue with productivity or time management, the question really is, is what is the actual issue? It's not that they're having an issue with time management. There could be so many things involved. It could be a supervisor who's micromanaging, or it could be they have too much on their plate, or it could be that they just don't know how to manage their time because they were never given that skill. But I would never find that out if the boss or the employer or supervisor is sitting in that room. It's yeah. because at that point, I don't have the trust. And if I don't have the trust and vulnerability, I don't have the truth. And in order for me to really change something, I need the absolute truth. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So then after that, you initially talk with those employees. What does that look like with the manager? How, how do you approach that? Because obviously there will probably be some, <laughs> some bigger, deeper issues that the manager probably doesn't even see at that point. Right. So at that point is I work with the manager one-on-one. -on -one. I tell the team, whatever you say stays in the room unless you give me permission to share that with the manager. But then it's, so to say, my soft skills coming out is how am I going to share that? with the manager or the employer without, so to say, stepping on somebody else's toes. So it mm -hmm. is, I definitely am working with the manager and with the employer because they're the ones who have the capabilities to actually change the team. Self-development is not going to help unless the people are really willing to work hard and make that initial investment. But lots of times it has to go hand in hand with the expectations from the employer or from their boss. So it is, I'm working with the employer and the boss, but I'm working with the team as well. So to say hands off from the employer, I really want the team to do the work on their own rather than so to say someone standing on top of them and saying, you must do this or you must do that. No, no, no. I'll show you why you want to do this. And I'll show you why you want to do that. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have a story about a successful time that this has happened? A lot of stories, but I'll actually just backtrack really how I started and how the weirdness all began. I see you like taking that step back and say, oh, I love stories. Uh-huh. It all starts with stories. So generally what happened was, is I was working in a company where we had, we set out juniors and seniors out to the workforce and we were prepping them before. We were prepping them sort of say, what does it mean to have a job? What job are you interested in? And so on and so forth. We sent them out. Now, before we sent them out, we actually did interviews. We interviewed them. We interviewed their employers. And we interviewed their colleagues. While they were there, same exact thing, interviews. Nothing like data, right? <laughs> we get to sit and study the data all we want. But then an interesting thing happened is, unfortunately, a lot of times we have assumptions and we assume things to work the way we expect them to be working. And we had assumptions that those that were academically bright or extremely charismatic or had things going for them, those are the ones that are going to succeed in the workforce. We were so hit in our face on that. We were so off and so wrong. What happened was we saw that other students were getting promotions and other students were really doing well. And other students got like that five-star rating on their reports and on their interviews. And it was like, what is going on? And then we delved deeper and we started asking the questions is, what is it that makes A such a great employee? What is going on? And we heard back. It was, so to say, their time management. It was that team collaboration that made a huge difference. Their motivation, their creativity, their excitement that they had. And they just raised productivity and the levels going on around them. And we're like, oh, so that's what it is. <laughs> it's not those that we generally succeed to be doing well. It's those that have those soft skills, those people skills, those interpersonal skills that really help them go ahead to succeed. And that's where we have seen the difference. So that's really, I would tell you, started my awareness with it. But I can't say that it actually started me <laughs> doing what I am doing. That's a different story for a different time. But <laughs> no, just I as a story... <laughs> A story like now in my work. So interestingly, what happened was is I was working with an employer, working with their team based on collaboration and with time management, time management, they were struggling with a couple of things and having a hard time. And I met with the team. Of course, the employer was not there. And I met with the team and I spoke to them each individually and as a group as a whole to really get that feeling of what is going on. And I realized that they weren't a team. They were just people stuck together to work together. They did not know how to work in sync with one another and how to streamline the process. Everything was just being redone because A didn't know what B was doing, B didn't know what C was doing. And I was like, what the heck is going on over here? I was like, of course, A, time management is a buster over here because they don't, they're not even managing their time. They're just doing the same things over and over again, not realizing it that something else was taken care of. Okay, great realization about time management. But then there was that communication and team collaboration piece is they weren't speaking to one another. They weren't clear with what was going on. They weren't clear with the expectations that their employer had. So they were basically going around in circles. So I had to take that step back. I worked with the employer A in regards to 
expectations that he must share with his staff. And then I work with the staff time management. What does it mean collaboration? How can you have a collab sheet? How can you build that basic relationship piece which is so, so, so important? I don't need you to know about every single thing about your colleagues' basics. Know what he likes, know what she likes, know what they dislike, know what they hate, know what ticks them off. Because if you know what ticks them off, you go very, very, very far. No, not to make fun of them. But you go very, very, very far. Absolutely. So actually building the team together as a team. It did. It took some time. They are like such good friends now that sometimes when I come down, I feel like I am invading their privacy when I have a meeting with them because they have all these private jokes and they just seem to understand each other. Now, let's not kid ourselves. It was a lot, a lot, a lot of work. It was mm -hmm. hard work. But they had it within them, but they never were able to bring it out until they understood really what was going on. So at this point, here comes the success story. The employer actually uses this team as his model for other teams. He actually had one of his friends called him up. Yes, I got a referral. But one of his friends called him up and said, how does your team just work so well that A, you can just take vacation whenever you want and know that your team is doing what they must. And how do they get to accomplish so much? I have the same exact team, same amount of people, but what's the difference over there? And that's really where it just came down to those basic soft skills that you really needed to succeed. They needed to communicate. They needed to collaborate. They really just needed to learn how to manage their time and how to really work in sync. We think it's so basic. But when I see the productivity levels that had gone up and I see the relationships, when you feel good, you make sure others feel good. So the relationships that they had built with their clients after they had such a strong relationship with their team was amazing. They had each other's back. So to say a client called to complain, they're going to say, oh, John, yeah, I know, John. I'm sorry that you had to deal with him. <laughs> they're like, oh, John, John knows what he's doing. Let me see if I can help you. So the client at that point felt that they were in good hands as well. Like, yeah, John knew what he was doing, but like maybe now I can be helped a little bit more. So it doesn't mean that the company does not know what they're doing or like, I don't know why the company has John on their team. It was like, no, 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 John knew what he was doing. So it was coming in with that full understanding. Customers are feeling much better. The people, the, the team themselves and the employer. And you know what? Other people realized it as well. It's like, forget about me. When I come into that meeting, I feel like, Ooh, okay, everybody, can we start? <laughs> But it is, you know, their colleagues from similar companies had seen the difference over there. That's awesome. Yeah, that's huge. And I mean, when the outside world is noticing that and your customers are noticing that and the employees within the company are noticing that, that is huge. That's life-changing and transformative. It's funny we like hate the term trickle-down effect sometimes. It's like, oh no, there you go again, trickle-down effect, like all this terminology, but it's true. It trickles down in a way, forget about, you know, the trickle down effect starting from the employers and trickling down to the employees, but it leaks out when you see that there's such a strong team is customers are going to feel it. Clients are going to feel it. Colleagues around are going to feel it. And things really, really change. Like interestingly, just jumping in now, I was discussing with this client talking about team meetings and how to run team meetings remotely, so on and so forth. And he's like, oh yeah, my team is doing all that. You know what, Toby? It's actually the team that you worked with, not with the other team. The other team, I have to focus a little bit about meetings. And it was just basic. So to say, checking in. 
right? Collaboration, making sure that you're, you know, working well with one another, make sure that you're following up, you know, exactly what's going on. But they, because they had those skills within them, they were so e easily able to transition to those, that remote work versus other groups that had not, so to say, been made aware of those soft skills. So yeah, trickle down all around. Absolutely. That's awesome. With this COVID-19 thing, are you seeing teams fall back into their old habits or what has that looked like recently? It's a very good question. It's, you know, we always say that awareness and I always tell people, if you had those soft skills before, you have them for life. If you're continuously aware, you're continuously honing them. But if you just had them, so to say, because it was forced upon you, that communication was forced upon you. Yeah. When you're working from home, your communication may not be so great if it's not coming from within. If it's coming from the company that had been telling you, you know, communicate, communicate, let's have these meetings, so on, so forth. But if it's coming from within, those skills that you have, those soft skills, wherever you go, you're going to take them with you. And that's what I love about soft skills. Soft skills are so easily transferable. I don't care what industry you work in. I don't care if you're in tech or if you're in construction. These skills are so important across the board. And they make such a big difference across the board. So that's what the beauty of the soft skills is like, yeah, you got those skills. They're there for you, with you for life. But if those skills had seriously been forced upon you, then what are those skills? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's huge. With even with this remote work thing too, it's so important to continue those and then continue to check up and collaborate and following up. I think that a lot of companies recently have realized that they can't just do that across the office. Now they need to right. an effort to add a Zoom call or add take a, a look at those teams that succeeded. Those yeah. teams that had those skills beforehand did so much, so much better. And interestingly, I always say is those skills, those teams that had been prepared for something like this also had done so much better. We had some teams that, you know, had the possibility of working from home, even though they didn't, but they had that set up and they had those skills and the technology and all in place and the awareness of what does it mean to work from home. They obviously did so much better. They were able to jump in and then like, go flying off from there. Those other teams that were not set up or did not have that awareness struggled and they lost two weeks of productivity over that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's huge. Especially just having that ability to be set up for that in the future, whether it's working from home or having the infrastructure to do so. I think that's really, really valuable. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. So I guess do you want to go more into the soft skills and some of those like individual soft skills that you're teaching and what those mean and what those look like? Great. Let's start just a little bit with communication. We communicate all the time. Communication has to be generally between two people or more. But the question really is, is how are we communicating? And then what are we saying? How are we saying it? There's just so many small, fine details there that make such a big difference. So to say your tone of voice, your speed, your language, your vocabulary that you're choosing. So all of that really makes such a big difference. But people don't realize it. So many times, and the tough part with soft skills about pinning it down is we take things for granted. We just assume that they're going to understand or we're just going to assume that they know exactly what we want. Like, interestingly, another story, I had a client he eventually became a client but at that point he wasn't a client he called me up and he said tell me i don't understand i hired the top team i got such great regards from everybody but they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing 
So I asked them, what are they supposed to be doing? And then the next step, do they know that they're supposed to be doing this? He's like, of course they know. It's something that self-understood. It's like, oh yeah, really? And then it was that step back that like, how did you tell them what you want them to go ahead to do? How clear were they? And what were your expectations when you said something like that? Right. So he complained that he didn't, he never had time to do his own things because his call, because his employers, always, sorry, his employees kept on coming in to interrupt him. So he just never had time. But I said, what did you tell them that they should always come in to talk to you whenever they have a question? You never set up that baseline is like good time, not good time. And what do you expect? You did it to yourself. That goes back to your communication. How clear are you? Basic, basic, basic. Forget about going on to your communication with your customers and with your clients. How clear are you with getting that message across? But within the group themselves, within the company themselves, what does your communication look like? A communication would be across the board. What do your meetings look like? Setting up meetings, you know, is a skill. It's not just something taken for granted. Is we know those meetings that were set up well and those meetings that were just such a flop, such a waste of time, and those meetings that you just dread. We all yeah. have those meetings. Uh -huh. And it takes skill to set them up, but it goes back also to your communication, how you're communicating, and what are you discussing by those meetings, right? And how are you discussing it? Of course, there's more to take into consideration, the timing and the setup and so on and so forth, but communication plays a vital role in this particular part. Communication plays a role with your emails. Or I had another client that he had virtual meetings because he has a team across the world. And he was upset because not all his employees logged on on time. Eventually they would log on 10 minutes late, you know, seven minutes late, five minutes late, two minutes late. And he was a real punctual guy. And he's like, I don't understand what's going on. I said, well, how clear were you with your time? How well mm -hmm. do they know that every single minute counts? How punctual are you when you are actually starting a live meeting? Or when you tell them you're calling back in five minutes, what does that mean to them? Are you calling back in five minutes or you're calling back in 20 minutes? So maybe five means 20 to them. So if you say you're starting at 10 o'clock, oh, 10, 20, I could jump on, yeah. right? So it's what message are you giving across? And interestingly, on this part of communication, this is nonverbal. It's the message that you're giving across without actually saying it. They're going to pick that up. And they say 70% of your communication really is nonverbal. It's your body language, how you're sitting, how you're talking, where are your hands, where your body position, so much going on. It's like glasses. It's everyone's like, Toby, take off your glasses. I try actually to wear my lenses when I give my workshops. Is <laughs> because I tell such a story. Mm -hmm. So all these small things make up your kind of communication, which makes a difference. Yeah. We had mentioned quickly, you know, about time management, communication, team collaboration. We don't even have to go into team collaboration to know those teams that get along and those teams ever so nicely that hate each other, unfortunately, or that just get pissed off from one another, right? Or you could tell who gets along in that group and who just does not. So yeah. those small things all play a big role in having the productivity levels going up and having the happiness of our clients going up and across the board of the happiness of their employees. And if employees are happy, generally employers are happy. Yeah. So there are, there are so many more soft skills involved. Generally, I see across the board, time management is a biggie. Communication is a biggie. 
Interestingly, creativity and motivation is a very, very big one. There is a way to build creativity. Yes, creativity can be honed. No, it's not necessarily something that you were born with. Different parts, I'm not gonna just getting into the scientific fact, but you could build creativity. Simple example is when you're sitting down with a team and everybody's coming in with their own ideas, right? Like we wanna change product A and everybody's coming in and giving their own ideas. What happens? that all of a sudden B heard what A said, he jumped on A's comment and said, you know what, I like what A said, why don't we do this and this to this product that A had mentioned? And C said, oh yeah, that's such a great idea, but we could tweak it like this and so on and so forth, right? So people are building upon others' ideas all with that creativity, but that can only be built if A, there's that team collaboration, there's trust over there, there's that vulnerability and acceptance that like, it's okay if somebody knocks down my idea and it's okay if somebody builds upon my idea. My idea in of itself does not mean that it's the best idea. If A and B and C with D would add to my idea, it would just make it even better. Mm -hmm. So that's how we can build upon our creativity. I actually have a company that put up just a whiteboard. Any good ideas just, you know, on top of the head. I say the good ideas come at the most, at the worst times and at the best times. It's like you're just sitting and eating lunch and all of a sudden you're talking with a colleague and all of a sudden you're like, you know, why don't we do this? Yeah, go write it on the whiteboard. Don't forget about it and say like, shucks, I had such a good idea. Came to the meeting. I forgot about it. I promise to everyone it was the best idea. But like, just tell me what the idea was. I don't remember. <laughs> right? So you got that up over there on that whiteboard. It makes such a difference. And then again, it goes like back to that collaboration and just that like team atmosphere that makes a huge difference over there. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that whiteboard idea. That's a great idea just to keep your ideas flowing, but then also not being forgetting them or where did that sticky note go that I wrote down three weeks ago or <laughs> I've been there, done that kind of thing. So that's, that's an awesome idea. Right. I love so that for sure. Like building it in front of everybody, I always say goes back to building your team and building motivation you know building motivation we want it to be inborn but it's something that you can hone as well going back onto those basic soft skills I want the people to come up with ideas but how am I going to motivate them if I have that whiteboard up and I see those great ideas it's going to motivate me to come up with something on my own or it's going to motivate me to put a tweak on something that I see or I'm just going to feel motivated and excited when I come into the office and all of a sudden I see there goes AB again AB came up with the best idea I love that idea or just you know having that good feel, you know, that good feeling within yourself builds that motivation, builds that team and really builds that collaboration over there. I always tell employers, it's not the sushi platter that you're ordering for them. That's going to make a difference. <laughs> Some people do not eat sushi. <laughs> Go beyond that. Yes, absolutely. That, that is so true. It could be nice. It could be, it's appreciated. But don't yeah. think that that's the end of it all. Like I had once a client called me and they're like, Toby, I don't understand why my team just does not appreciate it. I order sushi every single Tuesday for them and I feel no appreciation. They're not doing what I need them to do. I'm like, one minute, because you order sushi, you think they should do what you need them to do? Oh dear. <laughs> Take a step back. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this, Toby. This is awesome. If um, people are interested in having a conversation with you, where can they find you? So definitely reach out to me on LinkedIn, Toby Goldstein. You can go onto my website. It's gobitesize.com. That's bitesize, B-I-T-E, gobitesize.com. Um, you can email me, toby at bitesizeworkshops.net. So that's an S at the end, toby at bitesizeworkshops.net. 
and generally I'm around. You're going to see me around. Awesome. I can't wait. That's awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has thank been you so, so much fun. for having me. This podcast is proudly produced by Waypoint. What is Waypoint? Well, if you want to coach your team and not manage them, then Waypoint is worth checking out. Head over to waypointhq.com to learn more or email me directly, mike at waypointhq.com, and I'll demo it for you myself. Thanks for listening.